0: Very good. All right, let's let's start the commotion, my friends. Maybe in a minute. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hit Different with Mikey Carr, Milo Eastwood, and this week's Simone Schinkel. I'm gonna tell you what's on the show. Here it goes. Today we're gonna to be talking about Halsey, Charlie X, E, X, FKA Tweaks, All these artists complaining with good right, having to come up with TikTok content. Milo, the man, will be talking about uh, parties that end at midnight over the joy, and then we're going to get to Simone Shingle's career, her brilliant career, from theater to the music stage. Yes. Thank you. Friends, welcome to Hit Different. Thank you for your company as always. Milo, how are you? Doing excellent. Yourself? Great. Groovy. My knee feels great. Simone Chinkle, welcome to the program. Uh, Thank you. have got a home you. ground advantage. We were in yeah. your house.
1: This is cozy. I like it. Excellent.
0: And how is your – give us a quick uh, last few days. What's, what's the thing that pops up into your mind of the best parts of the last few days? Election. Yes.
1: <laughs> That's been right front of mind, changing the game. What's next? Mm. Let's get to work.
0: Mm, I like it. Look at that. Friends, uh, let's get into uh, round one, question one. <laughs> Quite a few artists have sounded off this week. Halsey, Charlie XEX, FKA Twigs. And then everyone's been agreeing with the Veronica's, you know, Harvey Sutherland. I did a story on him for Enemy recently. He said, I'm not on TikTok, you know, talking about what I had for breakfast or trying to make these viral videos. What's happened? Halsey, in a very sort of meta way, has complained about uh, having to produce, you know, content for TikTok. So her songs blow up, etc. She said, <clears throat> basically, I have a song that I love that I want to release ASAP. but My record label won't let me. I've been in this industry for eight years and I've sold over 165 million records. And my record company is saying that I can't release it unless they can fake a viral moment on TikTok. Everything is marketing and they're doing this to basically every artist these days. I just want to release Music Man and I deserve better. TBH, I'm tired. Speaking for so many artists. Pop quiz to you guys. Why, has, why is this all coming up in the last few weeks? There's an answer. Um, I'm not trying to <laughs> lord this over you. You probably get it. Lizzo put out, about damn time! And on TikTok, it just like the second verse of that just went bonkers. And ah, so every record label's yeah, gone. Okay. We want some of that.
2: I'm not even on TikTok, and I've seen that exactly. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's turned to reels and reels. You know, the popularity of reels is just going. You know, gangbusters. So that's happened. Uh, and Lizzo is so chaffed and it's a great verse. It's easily the best part of that song as well. Which is just okay. Side note: There's a reel with the um the chef from Sesame Street Remember in a minute about downtown. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that I saw that. It's, a, it's so so good. Okay, so I'm not on TikTok,
1: yeah. but I'm not even seeing this, unlike yes. you. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know? Have you heard the Lizzo track at all? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's an okay track, but that that verse is amazing, and the, obviously the dance that goes with it is incredible. So. I guess what's your reaction straight off the bat in terms of like um, artists getting pressured? It's not in their contracts, though, mind, uh, getting pressured to come up with sort of TikTok content for streams and for their careers.
1: I think the pressure is definitely real, any sort of social media marketing. But then it comes down to this is business and it's about being discovered and that discoverability. So. Yeah, it's not ideal. I, the new contracts or the next generation of contracts will include it, but I think it's just a bit of catch-up that needs to happen.
0: Yeah, potentially an overcorrection at the moment.
1: Yeah, and it's tricky because I think the best content is always the real content anyway, and you can't force that despite what you m- might ask for. I know um, Angie McMahon's kind of pre-election pitch to go think about the climate as you vote that went off, you know, yeah. and then even Music Vic the other day did a uh, post with our accountant doing payroll and her two dogs in the office supervising and that went big. <laughs> you know, of all the stuff, it's just not what you're going to expect and, yeah. So to try and plan for it I think is smart but also very hard. Yeah.
2: You, can't, you can't fake Viral magic. I mean, you kind of can. I'd like to feel. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, I kind of take that back in a way. I would like to think that fans of these people know them well enough to know when something's not genuine. But then again, it's a lot of shit out there. There's a lot of crap out there that seems to blow up. And sometimes I look at you know a reel or a TikTok that has like tens and tens of millions of views, and I go like, really this? But I guess it's working for so many artists. You now you can't blame the executives for trying to push for it because it's obviously going to make their lives easier, but do the viral marketing yourself. Don't put that on the artist to do it. If they're trying to fake a, uh, a viral moment, orchestrate it behind the scenes. Don't get the artist to fake it, fake it for them. Like get some, you know, influence out, out there whose job is to essentially work for a brand who will pay them to then use that track in something. Like I think get smarter about it and leave artists to the music and, you know, if something happens, maybe they'll jump on board at, at a later date. But but also, I'm sure there are some musicians out there that will gladly jump on TikTok and absolutely, like, flog themselves out there and uh, just do it for their own personal love and joy themselves, especially with, like, the new generation of pop stars that are coming through, you know. They're all about it. But I do feel like it's a generational thing. There's a The, the artists who you mentioned before are sort of the ones that started their careers pre-TikTok and probably didn't know that it was going to go this way from the get-go and I probably caught up in it now. But I think it's kind of unfair of the uh, record labels to be pushing artists to be doing this kind of stuff.
1: Unsigned artists are having to do it as well. So, you know, everyone's having to do it. It's just whether you're being told to do it or whether you know it's in the best interests of being discovered and making money ideally.
0: Yep. The, uh, The hard part is the fact that TikTok doesn't say, thank you, you've given us one piece of content for the week. You're done. You know you can clock off. Like literally, it's yeah. like what's next. And yeah. I remember working at the Herald Sun towards the end. It was literally you'd come up with like three stories and bash them out, and you're like, "All oh, right, it's one p.m. I've done three stories." And then like, "What's next, mate? What's next?" And you're like, "Oh God, I gotta get out of this joint. <laughs> Fuck you, Rupert. Uh, <clears throat> took all your money. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, yeah." So I, I find it. If there was to your point, I mean, I think if it's influence, I think people see through the influencer stuff a bit more now and kind of go. Mm, I want. They want to see the artist. It's a bit transparent now, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, they want Halsey to be the person doing it. But I think even if you have like a specific assistant that helps create socials in a kind of non-cloying way, would be kind of ideal. And following around and like the the, the the dog supervising those kind of moments, people love that. People love that. And also sex sales. Dua Lipa puts up so much sexy stuff and just goes through the roof. Good on her. Um, yeah, it's it's a real it's a real kind of quandary for artists too, trying to work it out. Um, David Foster Wallace's book Infinite Jest is probably one of my favourite books of all time, and he was very kind of appreciating that he sort of the concept behind that was something you couldn't look away from, and this sort of obsession you get, and that's kind of what we're where we're at at the moment. I just went to saw Everything Everywhere All at Once last night at Cinema Nova, and that's sort of a very much a comment on society and technology and just how much is just everything is just like coming at us so quickly. And it's come, you know, we've got to be the ones to push away from it, which which is hard. Um, so a lot of us, to your point as well, Simone, are getting signed off TikTok, you know, and and having this girl, can't, McRae, just Kate McRae, maybe, probably got the wrong name there, might just spoke to Cameron Adams about it. And he said what sort of made the point that, yeah, that that's that's how this record labels are like, what's the next cool thing? And this Lizzo thing has really sort of shifted the, uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of shifted the parameters of... What's required for artistry, and she, it was her first attempt at, at at blowing up on TikTok, and fucking works. Very <laughs> people wrong. get lucky, yeah,
2: yeah. that's, just, that's Lizzo being. I mean, Lizzo, it worked so. out for Lil Nas X as well. Yep, That, yep. Was, a, that was a TikTok thing, yeah.
0: wasn't it? Um, it's. Do you guys think well, TikTok will be replaced soon enough? Like Facebook, no one under twenties oh, yeah. on Facebook. So, I'm super curious as to how long TikTok can last. Any predictions we can make there?
1: I'm not on it yet, so Mm -hmm. I can't. (laughs) I'll I'll join and then it'll end and be over. I think that's more (laughs) accurate
2: on. (laughs) You've been warned, Chinese multinational. (laughs) I think the format, not the actual app itself, will be around for a long, long, long time to come. Short, snappy pieces of content. 15 fifteen seconds—that I don't think will ever die as long as the internet exists. Yes, it might yeah. even get shorter. Yeah. but I feel I mean, like I feel like will. the app itself. Who knows? Something else might come along. I remember when it was all about Snapchat, and then all of a sudden, like, who uses Snapchat anymore? Yeah, apparently yeah. they have heaps of heaps of users still, but I don't. You don't hear about you know, like it. some
0: interesting. I bet some. I was gonna say some weird countries. Like, are there countries like there be pockets in the world where Snapchat still?
2: The thing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's yeah. always there's always a new thing. I kind of think about maybe artists felt this way about music videos back in the. 70s and 80s when that was really blowing up. Once Upon a Time music video was you went to a white background room, you performed the song in front of the camera and that was it music video done and then mtv came along michael jackson started doing the thriller-esque shit and i'm sure artists back then were just going like let me make music i don't want to be a music music video star don't make me dance (laughs) and now now the traditional music video almost seems like a wholesome back in the good old days type of medium long long (laughs) form good that's the pull quote thanks Courtney. Um, but I think Bohemian Rhapsody was one of the really
0: changed the game, too. There, they really that just made everything sort of grand and epic with to go with the song. I think
2: people were like, Oh, god, we've got to step up, and also uh, with MTV as well. It's still room um, for music videos to ha- take top top job in terms of visual content to accompany music. I feel like there's some, some amazing stuff that's being made. This is America when that came out, Childish Camp That was just
0: the talk, and I was I just kept watching it. It's just so so powerful. I'm trying to think with the what's the last music video I watched that really really affected me. Anything that comes to mind with you guys that's like a really kind of like a Saturday morning rage.
1: But that's how music gets listened to in our house now mm-hmm. a lot as well, through the yeah. TV. So yep. there's visuals that go with it yep. at all times. The new so Kendrick some, track yeah, with the deep fakes. That's
0: a, that's a bit of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how old are your children? You don't remember asking. Four and six. Four and six. Awesome. So rage on a Saturday morning is kosher, yeah?
1: Yeah, kosher, but Maybe. we also go straight to the internet generally. Yep, Yep. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of inappropriate film clips out there, but yes. we like the music. So yeah, yeah. we wouldn't want anyway. But yeah. That's
0: <laughs> yeah, good. That's good parenting. So, like, yeah, you're going to see this anyway. It's good. My partner's like, don't, they can't be on YouTube kids. And she's like, it's pedophiles everywhere. So, yeah. I'm like, okay. So I, I skip Snapchat. I'm not on TikTok. I'm going to make predictions for you guys for predictions. Um, I bet you both had MySpace pages. Yeah,
2: 100%. I caught the very tail end of MySpace. I reckon I had one for about six months before everybody stopped it. Can you please
0: tell our listeners, I didn't have one, tell our listeners about your MySpace pages, please.
1: Oh, this is so fun. So I also <laughs> um, tried to not engage with it for a really long time mm-hmm. and I think it might have been maybe my 19th birthday mm-hmm. and we like made the myspace page at a birthday party oh yeah like that's how oh, big yeah. it was That's a vibe. um maybe purple background with stars i've often tried to go back and find it but it's all changed
0: was tom in your top eight uh
1: tom was um <laughs> because i was late to the party do you see i didn't I, I had to learn quite quickly mm-hmm. um but i'm trying to think it was putting the music up that was yes, obviously, that yeah, was the, the mood, oh, the way you could express your mood, yep. not in emoji, but in the song that in was playing. Yeah. yeah, that's
0: right. Because it was kind of a rolling page. Is that right? It's sort of like a scrolling, put it up.
1: It's it so worked. long <laughs> yeah go. I remember
0: Beck Beck had all these, his top eight friends were all philosophers, like Socrates and, like, and, it was, it was, and then like composers, Beethoven. And I was like, oh, Beck, you're the coolest. Yeah, I love Beck.
1: No, never that cool. Never yeah, cool. No. Just right. pe- who was at the party? Who yeah. Came, who came first who to came the party? First. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Can I make your top eight? Yeah. I
0: don't know. <laughs> it's
2: Tom or you. May I say the really good news for anybody who was on MySpace back in the day, I'm throwing back to an article here in The Guardian about three years ago, MySpace loses all content uploaded before 2016. They had a faulty network error and it's all gone. So, I mean, it would be nice to go revisit some of that stuff, but maybe it's for the best. that It's, it's definitely for the best.
1: It's <laughs> hilarious.
0: I had a, um, a torrid two-week affair. It was just a relationship with a girl in Belgium. And then years later, I went to hook up with her again, and I looked her up, and I, she had a shrine for me on her MySpace page. And then we hooked up in London. It was good. It was like, oh, wow. Yeah, it was like, I think this will work. And it was a great two days. It was a good, yeah. Shout out to Kathleen Notre Dame. Great name. Up there with Milo Eastwood and Simone Schenkel. Good names all around. Uh, in just a moment, friends, we're going to be talking to Milo. He's going to be telling us all about Annie Max's brilliant idea of uh, – Saving us sleep, basically. So, saving us, yeah, saving our bags under our eyes in just a moment. Eastwood, welcome, sir. Again. Good to be here. Currently
2: with you. Alpha male. Uh, Go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Annie Max has done a really cool thing. She... um, uh, signed off from her work on BBC last year after a massive 17-year stint on air to basically just do other things with her life, raise a family do normal human things and part of doing normal human things. And I guess a part of her new lifestyle is she doesn't want to be doing gigs after 1 a.m., 2 a.m. anymore, especially no like closing sunrise sets at festivals. So that's been a part of her sort of like change of lifestyle over the last little while or so, only saying yes to certain things. Um, but she's just started this new night in North London called Before Midnight and it's aimed at partygoers who are uh, the, the midnight to sunrise model of life, of uh, nightlife isn't really working for them anymore, and they want something a little bit earlier. Not necessarily more wholesome. I feel like the uh, the aspect, the feeling of, you know, uh, late night and debauchery is still there. It's just... At a more sensible time, she said, uh, and I quote, nightclubbing is not designed for people who need sleep. So I'm shifting the time parameters forward to bring a fully authentic clubbing experience that just starts at 7pm and ends at the strike of midnight. I think it's amazing. Although the idea for the night was spawned from her becoming a mother and uh, wrapping up her job of the last 17 years. Also, the demographic certainly was not uh, just an older crowd. At all apparently there was a huge diverse range of ages of people who honestly just want to go for a dance a little bit earlier on in the night and I just really like this what are we what are we feeling about this has nightlife for too long been exclusive to people who don't necessarily have the responsibilities of others and are able to get through their week on limited sleep.
1: Yes, definitely. I think there's a gap or so. I mean, some time to prepare for the party is always nice. If you've got a nine to five job or you're at uni or whatever you're doing, you do want to still have time to get ready and look fancy before you go out. But other than that, it is just wasting time until the gig starts. <laughs> so let's just fill it in and get the gig going earlier.
2: Yep. Yep. I want a shifted mentality to turn up early to things because yep. the only reason people don't turn up early to things is because it's not cool to turn up early to things. Yep. And if we all just changed our mindsets, we could have more. F- you can still go to Sunrise. Yes. Just get there early and have more of it. Yes. I find everyone
0: turns up to a 30th or a 40th on time. Well, probably what's well, a 40th, like bang on time, like three minutes late. You like, I'm so sorry. I'm late. You know? <laughs> like, like I really like this mentality question here for, from Milo to me was, you know, I thought an experience being a DJ dad. I'm lucky in that I don't do many sets that finish 2 AM, 3 AM. I'm mainly like a wedding seven to 12 guy or SB eight to 11. Oh my God. The eight to 11. Is so yeah. good. All that kind of stuff. So, Um, I could be chasing those gigs that are are at 2.33. I don't want to do that. I want to, if anything, apart from my knee being fucked, I want to play basketball at 8 a.m. on every Sunday morning. I can't wait to return to those days. Like it's the best part of my week. Um, I think it
1: has to be a whole lifestyle change. And so I think as your life changes, as you grow up, then the timelines change. So if you're going to do Beyond Midnight multiple times a week, then your whole life has to work around that. And so if we want any sort of life-work balance to come to the forefront, then just get in bed a little mm-hmm. bit earlier. Yes, yeah, lovely.
0: I hate Maybe you can
1: take PT Monday home. You know, you don't need yep. the cabs, all that stuff. Yeah.
2: Yep. i got to shout out Annie Mac, though. It's like oh, a huge, yeah. bold move to do this because, mm. I mean, for so long her fan base would have been down to do this sort of thing and I feel like it would have been a bit of a step into the unknown to do this. And I feel like I saw the pictures of this event as well. It was heaving. Of course. The venue she did it in was massive and it was packed from the front to the back and people looked like they were like getting on it from about 7pm onwards. And I really hope that this, I don't know, starts a conversation uh, for different people who promote parties or promote gigs to actually just... Yeah, maybe switch up their mentality a little bit. I feel like people cater to what they think people want, but maybe what they think people want isn't actually correct.
0: Yeah. Kick-ons is more uh, – I mean, and people can do kick-ons as well after 12. They're, they're definitely, oh, yeah. There that the a of people that would have gone to this party who still got home at 7 a.m. <laughs> they just, like, just <laughs> got excited. They're like, I guess we're out. the babysitter can stay over. <laughs> you know, let's let's keep like, going. Go out, like, totally. And I absolutely miss – I miss the right side of 7 a.m. Oh, my God, I loved – love that feeling of being in someone's house. I mean, I had an ex-girlfriend, Penny, and uh, we'd go to back to her house. And it was just, I still remember like looking around, like this is perfect, you know, playing St. Germain, drinking tea, someone else. It's just like, it was all happening. And then she moved house and I knew on the house just had this like weird, kind of like that Seinfeld episode when Jerry gets his, his um, kitchen redone and it's just all wrong. (laughs) I was like, no, this is wrong. (laughs) So you just, you know, those those moments in time where you just know it is perfect. Um, I didn't, Love working at Impress, doing a twelve-hour day on a Monday, and like by seven PM, I was just like absolutely cooked. So that aspect is, you know, it's kind of yuck. For for everybody listening to us under the age of, you know, 25, 23, whatever. By all means, you know, keep keep having, you know, keep going hard, and yeah, it's just it makes more sense long term. We're we're all realizing as well with sort of this wellness, is uh, it wellness epidemic you know, the wellness thing that's we all need to, to look after ourselves, that that it just it just yeah, it's just like it's it's good for football. It's good for all of We've us.
1: We've got to make it cool to turn up on time.
2: Yep. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of it. I mean yep. like Monday to Friday, uh, my I do I do a breakfast radio show. Mm. Monday to Friday my alarm goes off at five AM. Oof. Getting to see gigs midweek is hard. Like of even gigs on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday, I swear the main act is only starting at, like, ten forty five eleven 11 mm. still, which mm. is mm. just, I don't know. Like, I still do it occasionally, but I always I always regret it. Yep. Shout-outs to whoever booked the uh, Azimuth and Marcos Valle show at the Night Cat when uh, Azimuth and Marcos Valle walked on stage on a Wednesday at, like quarter to midnight really (laughs) and played until about two in the morning which i by all accounts (laughs) for everybody that stuck around to the end one of the best gigs of the year so far like those guys those guys are getting on as well like yeah like they're they've been around for since like the 60s they're like pushing 80 for sure yeah and they were they were loving it
0: they're flying they They
2: made me question my own stamina (laughs) (laughs) have you guys Mm. found that over the last couple of years of lockdown like stamina has been reduced for you know, the lateness of gigs? I'd say, gnarly, because I've been
0: keeping, like, I've just been in my mind, like, you know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it properly. Yeah. And also because I don't get to go as, to as many gigs as I once did. I don't take cold and flu tablets like I did. I used to be like, that was my drug of choice. My partner would just be holding this box up like going, dude, again. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm not taking ecstasy, am I? So, you know, we're all works in progress. I um, saw you at Golden Plains 2020. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just loaded, loaded, but no coke. So there we are. Um, how's your stamina these days, Samo? Simone?
1: Yeah, terrible. And I think that if you work from home any days a week, then there is this extra effort to go out where I think sometimes it's easier to stay out. So if you can bring it earlier, I'll be there right on time. Um, And, yeah, look, the CBD is still recovering and no one's getting back out there like they were. So I think it's, yeah, definitely had a very real impact.
2: Yep. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, but even in COVID we saw sit-down gigs because we had to, because we had to space and people actually liked it and they went and some, it won't work for everyone, but some people were like, yeah, this is what I want. There's no reason why we can't do this more often. And it also expands out what artists can offer. Like you don't have to rule out the fact that you can do a sit-down gig set, you know, and that's kind of expanding who you are and what you play and how you play it and present it. You're potentially
0: yeah. to a night as well, somebody so you could, do a, you, know, you could do a seven and you could do a ten, you know. I think that's I think Dinner and a show.
2: Dinner and <laughs> a show. I love it. It's good to see the um, – for the kind of diversifying the type of acts we see at venues like Hamer Hall and the Recital Centre and stuff like that as well, I think artists are now realising that those venues aren't just for chamber orchestras. Yep. You can yep. go on there and put on like an experience, like you can yep. put on a night with insert artist here and make it into Harvey like Harvey Sutherland.
0: A, 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 a yeah, Harvey Sutherland. The Recital Centre is going to come out. It's no encores. It's going to be an hour and 15. Hell go yeah. to woe. All done by 10 at the latest. Good gear. Yeah. yeah. yeah good yeah. sight lines. Yeah, good sight lines. <laughs> all those things. Yeah, I think I
1: think we good are, access.
0: Yep. Yeah, I reckon people have got over their cool a little bit, and over like I think people do t- are turning up from what I can tell on time a bit more. Two things post lockdown because everyone's like so keen to get out of the house. Like, why would I pump the brakes and go at 10 p.m. when I can go at eight and actually talk to my friends when it's not too loud? All those kind of things. So yeah, I mean, it's
1: value for money. <laughs> totally,
0: you get more bang for your buck, um, and it maybe even ties in with the whole the sort of the generation coming through drinking less you know like oh like, sobriety is cool yeah yeah laneway festival i think some like 22 percent of people at laneway at the last laneway which is a couple of years ago now didn't drink and just like and jerome spoke to me he's just like you know why go the big dad and get shit faced these kids like oh why would i do that i want to remember everything it's like <laughs> i'm under <to> something there <laughs>
2: <laughs> these kids they yeah. might be smarter than we give them credit yeah, for God damn it very good. And there's uh,
1: even our generation that's joining that as well. My partner doesn't drink. Yep. Katie here doesn't drink. Chris yep. O'Neill, like there's a whole bunch of us that are yes. on that bandwagon going. No, nah, this is good for us. Yeah, yeah. And shout outs. We also it. went too hard too early. So yep. yeah, we're yep. s- feeling it's, the pinch of that.
2: Yeah. Bonnie, well, heaps of people. Yes. Bonnie. Shout outs to the non-alcoholic beverage industry, which is. Booming, yeah, heaps normal. Giving us something other than a can of coke to
0: sip on at a uh, yep, at <laughs> a gig, S- you S- know. With gin. I had I was DJing the other night and I had a margarita, non-alcoholic margarita. It was amazing, banging. Like th- three of them, and I got home and I was kind of pinging them. <laughs> 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 so I was like trying to go to sleep. Oh my god. Uh, side note: um, Actually, no one said it I had some, I had some shocking, shocking uh, women come up to me, guys. This is off the record. Long story short. These, like, four different women came out. No, no, like, they were having a go. So, playing that was 1920s theme. And then I found out the next day that this woman had been removed from the Parents and Friends Committee. So she came to sabotage the night. <gasps> <laughs> and I fucking brought her in our place and said, you are being extremely rude. Go and go and sit over there. She's like, oh,
1: oh, yeah. I
0: was like, I'm playing this music and 50 people are dancing. You don't like it? No worries. Off you go. Yeah. Off your pot. It was amazing. So
1: school politics. School politics. Yeah. <laughs> they call her
0: DWL, the dog walking lady. Because she constantly comes to these meetings on Zoom. She's like. Walking a dog and, like, you see up her nostrils, oh, I don't, we should have Doritos and hummus. That's real food. <laughs> like, a
2: whole thing. A whole thing. I would listen to a podcast of internal gossip about mothers groups and internal school committee gossip. It's, uh, it's fascinating stuff.
0: <laughs> Give another shout out. Uh, in a moment, friends, we're getting getting to Simone Shingles life Because why not? Interesting lady. And we're back. Topic three, round three. Ding, motherfucker, ding. Simone Schenkel, tell us, you are the CEO of Music Victoria. Uh, you've come from Theatre Network Australia, uh, where you're the general manager. The job as Music Victoria CEO, it's a big freaking job and took them a while to fill the role. From what I heard, they interviewed a whole bunch of people and then went, let's interview more people. Yeah, which, which sort of happened. Uh, and you stepped into the role. How did you get here?
1: I didn't enter in the uh, interview process until the second round. So I saw it the first time. That second round I was like, "Ah!" Oh. And in a weird way, my mum said, you're getting old, which is, you know, slightly fitting for women in the music industry, you know, <laughs> but also Thanks, I was like, okay, you need to kick up the bum. And so I went for it and gave it a shot. I'd actually been doing lots of work with artists, trying to get them to identify their Uh, values in life and then the idea is if you can align your life values with what you do in your work you'll be happier so I was like great mental health crisis let's try and be happy and then I was like I haven't done this myself (laughs) so I spent some time um, during COVID yeah reflecting and all the major moments in my life were supported by music all the major experiences of happiness sadness everything in the middle yeah, music was my friend and all my friends were through music. So there was just a lot going on and I was like, kind of makes sense. <laughs> so gave it a shot and here I am.
0: We'd hire you just based on the way she just spoke then. I'm like, Nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> when do you start? <laughs> when can <do> you start? <laughs> uh, and, and so tell us about the, how many interviews did you have to go through? Uh, did you have to sort of jump through hoops or what, how did it all?
1: I did have, oh, the first interview was great. And I was, uh, pretty cocky, which isn't my style, but I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get this. I'm just going to give it a shot. This is me. Take it or leave it. And it worked and I nailed it. And it was a fun interview. I was like, even if I don't get the job, I know these people and I had a good time. The first question I remember they asked me was, uh, so do you play any instruments? And I thought that was just a really good disarming question to go, oh, I'm not selling myself. I'm just telling you a fact, um. By the way, I play nothing now, but I have tried piano, violin, cello, guitar, bass recorder. You know, I'm that person. Could you do
0: anything? Like, could you play anything competently?
1: Yeah. Um, no, okay. not now. <laughs> no,
2: mi- no, no, no mixtape dropping next month. <laughs> no,
1: no. Um, I mean, I pick up a ukulele every now and then and try and learn "Happy Birthday" to do someone's party or oh, something. I Sun
2: in Cuba. Hey, you. Yeah,
1: yeah, just every now and then. Ukulele <laughs>
2: worked out for Vance Joy, you know it could work out for you as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so that was a good first question, uh, but then I think the second interview might have been with the full board of ten people, so that's mm-hmm. pretty full on.
0: Mm-hmm. How did you prepare yourself for that second interview?
1: I knew what I believed in and what I thought I could bring to the role. I thought the organization also needed a woman because that was Mm, change. Hopefully I'll get out of the way eventually and hand it on to more diverse representation to lead the industry. But yeah, so I could just call out a few things. And I think I'm also maybe naive enough or I have enough distance from the industry that I can look at it with that bird's eye view and not be, caught up in the politics I will be eventually don't worry (laughs) but so far so good yeah so far so good I'm just like that doesn't make sense can you tell me why that is or why that's not and it still doesn't make sense let's change it or if it does make sense because I've understood the history of it and how it's evolved then yeah it's all learning question
2: for those who might not be familiar with Music Victoria could you give us a little rundown as to some of the work that you do and sort of the the role that you hold in our local music industry
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Music Victoria is the peak body for music in the state and essentially we're here to service the music industry and by service we mean help and support in all different ways, whether that is someone calling me up because they are an Elvis cover act and they're being sued by Elvis, you know, that sort of thing. From beyond
2: the grave. (laughs) Yeah, that sort of...
1: um, are we is this legit what do we have to do so mm. we get those sorts of calls to also how do i get my song on radio mm. and everything in between um a lot of our work that's probably the hardest stuff to articulate is around advocacy but hopefully mm. during a pandemic it's probably <laughs> easier to see just that we were saying hey, in, individuals who are musicians are missing out on a lot of support just because of the way the structures are set up. So they've mm. lost work, but no one's paying them. They're not registered for GST, so mm. they miss that sort of stuff. But mm-hmm. then bigger picture, trying to get us good touring circuits, trying to get us embracing tech and upskilling and everything in between.
0: Mm. Biggest challenge since you've stepped into the role? What's, what's the one that's sort of like you bash your head against the wall?
1: I did step in mid-pandemic, so it's my own fault really. <laughs> um, and I knew what I was getting into in that. It wasn't a surprise. It wasn't a surprise, so I can't probably claim that one. I think it's I think it's the balance between the music or the art side and the business side always and how that is understood in government, how that's understood in the world, in the community. Yeah, like musicians often don't want to think of themselves as businesses uh, but they are but they also have great cultural value. so just trying to get that story right and that balance right but ultimately we just want more recognition of victorian music so anything we can do but it's definitely a behind the scenes
0: yep yeah
1: or uh, organization <laughs> we're yep. not putting on gigs
0: <laughs> yeah feb 17 was the day you sent an email out saying density limits have been uh, uh, you know expanded or you know basically they've dropped the density limit rule ruling it feels like in a 24-hour news cycle, it feels so long ago now, but it yeah. just fucking happened, you know, and we just went through all that. Tell, leading up to that, tell us about those moments of like, because people would have been like, when will this happen, Simone? You would have had a lot of people texting, calling, emails, you know, asking you and you're kind of this sort of like Oracle in a way, little viewed at that stage as knowing when the, all this would happen. Tell us about those moments and having to kind of like keep your head above the water and keep everyone chill.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I really survived and kept my head above water because I had a panic attack on screen while addressing the Minister for Creative Industries. Um, Maybe that was back the year before in about October, I think, which, you know, we were still going through all this pain. We were in lockdown and, yeah, I'd just been arguing so hard and in that room were, you know, industry people who – had just given up and were losing everything. Our board meetings at that time were so depressing. Like no one had any energy and it's like I'm talking to health on a daily basis. I'm arguing the case for why one per two square metres equals 30% and trying to explain to them, you know, like it's a it's been a massive uh, education piece to go we're not like your cafe or restaurant, you know, like the fact that we actually get liquor licences as one person per 0.75 metres, you know, and then you go to point 0.2, like the difference in that is massive and people do want to bunch up in groups. That's why they do it. <laughs> like we can't, yeah, intervene in so much of this stuff, but just we tried to go above and beyond by going we, were, we adopted the no QR, no entry policy before government mandated that to show that music was a safe pursuit in a pandemic and yeah it was hard though obviously and it kind of peaked to that point going I need you to hear what we're saying and go off and do what you can do about that in government but thankfully he did come through and I think the next day he called me with the million dollar announcement and then the Sydney My Music Bowl gig so I was like okay so <laughs> just put a Panic attack on call, and you know you get some actions. Not ideal.
2: <laughs> I mean, sometimes, sometimes just approaching it with a bit of realness, just like I mean, there's no further proof that you know this is genuinely stressful to everyone than you know an actual panic attack. Like, pretty much. There's yeah. su- there's something about that that speaks volumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done. You faked it beautifully.
0: <laughs> Ew. Hey, that's a bit of fun. Let's jump into the bonus episode as we speak now and talk about your formative musical experiences for the next 20 minutes. Are you down with this? Yeah. Groovy!